tribute albums had a bit of a resurgence in the 1990s with albums like Stone Free, a tribute to Jimi Hendrix, and A Nativity in Black, a tribute to Black Sabbath. On this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we will break down one of the most successful and loved albums from this tribute craze. The album is Encomium, a tribute to Led Zeppelin's packed full of great versions of 12 Zeppelin classics, very tastefully reimagined by some of the biggest artists from that era. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We are back once again for a fun-filled time to talking about music and God knows what. <laughs> I mean, like... Everything. Yeah, you know. Crack. We had, you know, we've been kind of all over. We were talking about crack and all kind of stuff. <laughs> herpes. <clears throat> herpes. Herpy cracks. Crack. Her- <laughs> well, if you get herpes on your crack, then you're bad. Anyways, welcome back to Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We will not be talking about getting herpes on your crack. We will, however, be discussing encomium. I know I'm going to say encomium. I'm going to say point. it. I'm going to say it. <clears throat> but encomium. And uh, we will be discussing, we're going to talk about that and um, just kind of break it down a little bit, talk about some of the bands and kind of the atmosphere and stuff that was going on at the time, dude. Um, So we do this uh, second podcast of every month and um, we've, we've done some really cool ones and, you know, this is probably one that's not so cool, by the way, so you might just want to, you know, you know. Just listen. Just listen, you know. I mean, you can, like, continue to do the laundry. Learn something. Yeah, but you can kind of just put this on in the background. Anyways, <clears throat> so we're going to be checking that that out. Uh, a couple of cool things going on. That, of course, first of all, Wolf's Custom. That is the coolest thing going on. Uh, Wolf's Customs, Wolf's Customs uh, dot online. This is where you go to get custom paint jobs and artwork done on your musical instrument. They do amazing work. Check them out. Tell them Ludini sent you. RockRageRadio.com. Download the app. It is free. Lily. It is free. Lily. Um, yes, it is a free app. It plays uh, uh, great music programming 24-7. You'll love it. Check it out. There's all. They're all about the rock and roll there, of course. And, um, and, uh, and I would be remiss if I did not tell you to go to uh, LuLombardiMusic.com and uh, did I say that? Yes, LuLombardiMusic.com. Yes. And <laughs> I just want to make sure I wasn't repeating myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, LuLombardiMusic.com for the third time. You want to go there? Uh, you can get become part of our inner circle group. Uh, there's a lot of fun ex- exchanges that happen throughout the week uh, there as well, and you get to see check this out live and hang out with us and take. We take questions and stuff at the end. So it's a cool idea. It's a cool thing. Get on our mailing list. 
find out cool stuff. And also, uh, you get some free, exclusive, downloadable rock and roll that you're not going to get anyplace else. Just for Ludini fans only. So check that out, LombardiMusic.com or LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. And, ooh, I feel like I'm running out of air. (laughs) (laughs) Open a window. No, not that one. The one (laughs) in the bathroom. Um, You know, I'm sitting here. I'm. I'm I gotta tell you guys, I'm like so self-conscious about clearing my throat. Like I fucking hate doing that, you know. <laughs> and I was watching a Joe Rogan of uh, this week, and he was he clearing his throat. He's like, "Oh my god!" He says, "I'm sick of you guys leaving comments about me clearing my fucking throat." <laughs> you no, know, we're talking. You're gonna have to clear your throat. You can do all kind of stuff. Just so, deal with it. Yeah. So just deal with it. I try not to go right into the microphone with it. Maybe from now on, that should be my trademark. Just like... Like my belching? Super loud. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <clears throat> sometimes you got to clear the old pipes here. They get full of, you know, junk and stuff. Flegum. Flegum. <laughs> um, so we have Lily V6 in the house. What's up? I have not gone to any shows this past weekend, so I, I was very boring. Uh, my next big show is probably the stadium tour with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and uh, Joan Jett. So there will be all. Co- I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Oh, that's terrible, Lily. Shame on thee. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> just awful, awful. I am this going to see a... Backstreet Boys next week. Not Backstreet, not Backstreet Boys. New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Backstreet. Yes, New Kids on the Block next week. I heard there was a new kid on your block. <laughs> there might be. <laughs> We're not going to discuss that right now. <laughs> Why wouldn't we discuss that? Because we're just not going to do that. <laughs> we don't discuss our personal love lives on the show. Until I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, of course, uh, Pittsburgh Kevin. Uh, Pittsburgh Kevin. Pittsburgh Kevin, where are you? Pittsburgh Kevin. Calling Pittsburgh Kevin. Pittsburgh <laughs> Kevin, where are you? No Pittsburgh Kevin tonight. Pittsburgh Kevin is home, recovering from <laughs> rabies. <herpes. laughs> what is that? So, when herpes run rabid, when you get bit by a rabid dog with herpes. Oh. I didn't know we had those around here. So, yeah, I mean, the streets are full of them these days. You got to watch out. You heard it first. Don't let them. Don't let them fool you guys. You know, they're turning frogs gay, and they got dogs with uh, rabies herpes. Is it like the killer hornets or whatever it is? <laughs> um, no, but uh, no, he's uh, he's uh, out sick, cold off sick, ah. and he's got to be pretty sick for in this because I know he really enjoys this. So there's no sick in rock. Oh roll. yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> the show must go on. What the fuck, right, Lily? Exactly. Uh, anyways, uh, so that he's doing that, uh, and you didn't go to any shows. <laughs> I did not go to any yeah, shows. No. Woo, yeah, no. shit. That was a big one. Spider? <laughs> yes, I almost pissed myself. Oh, I freaking hate spiders. <laughs> I fucking hate spiders. I'm, now, L- Lily, I apologize, but I'm going to say talk about something insanely nerdy. Okay. I hate fucking spiders. I fucking hate them. I hate them, too. I, I can't stand them. And I watched the Lord. I re- don't just please hold it. Please, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and there's the scene in the third one with the fucking giant spider, and man, it just oh, I know, I've seen it, it. I've seen it, I can't handle it. It's just 
What is it with those trilogies having some giant, disgusting spider-like thing? I believe it's also in um, Harry Potter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or those movies that have yeah. And the, the Hobbit uh, d- told that the sto- the the port the um, part of the book in the Hobbit where they go into the forest and they get attacked by the spiders is a kind of much more condensed. The yeah. movie really dragged it out. But, yeah, gross. <clears throat> but it still was, gives you the wit- gives you the old willish. Kevin uh, wants to know if his illness amuses us. Is he a clown? <laughs> What am I here to uh, amuse you? <laughs> That's my answer to that, Mr. Pittsburgh. Mr. Pittsburgh, everybody else, yes, 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 is not here. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that, that kind of shit gets you give me the fucking willy. Yes, I had to kill it. I'm sorry. Uh, that's just good. Anyways, I was telling Lily that I watched one of the grossest movies. <laughs> I can't wait. It's it's actually it's actually a pretty good movie, <clears throat> but it's really gross and very bizarre. It's called House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh yeah, I love that movie. And it's fucking <laughs> bizarre as fuck. I haven't and, seen it forever. And gory as fuck. And um, it's just like what? What the fuck? See that? What the fuck am I watching? That doesn't gross me out so much. It's the movie Waiting that grosses me out. Did you ever see that movie? Where they've oh, spit yeah, yeah, where they yeah, yeah, yeah. the people's food. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah D- Dane Cook, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ironic, yeah. he plays a cook. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. It, if you haven't seen it, why you should check it out. If, but you gotta be like okay with some sick some ass gross violence. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Black Phone yet? No, I know it's on my list. It's on my gotta, list. I have to see it. it I know. You told me last week, and then I saw a preview or you know the trailer, and I saw. Pictures. This and I'm isn't like, really a spoiler, but I'm just going to say that, like, okay. <clears throat> and I heard some critics comment on, like, younger critics comment on, like, wow, you know, it really, it really shows how how violent the '70s were. And <laughs> Sharon and I were in the movie theater, and at one at one point we busted out laughing because we were like, like, this is the most violent town that, like ever. <laughs> it's not even like you know, uh, and. People saw younger people that did not grow up in the 70s went to this movie and thought, wow, the 70s were so violent. (laughs) How did anybody survive it? You know, like that was the, you know, uh, you know, so we were kind of uh, laughing about that. But yeah, you know. (laughs) Did you you get kicked out of the theater? No, we didn't get kicked out of the theater. But that's one thing about that movie. You're like, okay, wow. You know, another, you know, terrible, violent, horrible thing with a whole group of people. That's great. (laughs) There's a lot of violent movies coming out. <laughs> I haven't seen anything new. When when what about when are they going to put out Devil in the White City? I don't know. I'm so know. anticipating that. that so. Anyways, we are here to talk about encomium. <laughs> I keep saying it right. I know if, if I practice my words, they said I would learn him and I could talk good. Give it time. It's a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, might be over in ten minutes, but um. <laughs> So what? So you want to go ahead and start us off? Sure. So Encomium, tribute to uh, Led Zeppelin, released March 14th, 1995. So what was I like? I don't even know. Who cares? 14? 13? Um, it's a tribute album, like you said, con- collection of 12 songs by various artists dedicated to Led Zeppelin, released by Atlantic Records. Many of the appearing artists were signed to Atlantic or an affiliate at the time of the release. Uh, the Is it Mana track? Because I don't want to say Mana. <laughs> M-A-N-A, or Mana. Mana. Mana track. Fool in the Rain did not appear on the first... Mana, Mana. (laughs) Now that you said it, that's where my brain's going. Um, It did not appear on the first release of the album and was added in later editions, and it's a Spanish version of Fool in the Rain. 
it's very fun. Uh, there's also a laser dick. Oh my god! I knew uh, I was gonna do it. <laughs> laser disc. <laughs> I knew I was gonna do it. Laser disc yeah, version right of the laser release. Dick. Hey there, hey there, laser dick. I'm sorry, I got dick on the brain. Uh, containing all 13 tracks and interviews and behind the scenes footage. Uh, the tagline for the laser disc is the song remains, the singer's not the same. <laughs> exactly. Um, I love all the songs on the album. I think they're all done well. The only There's only one I'm not super excited about. I'll talk about it when we talk about the tracks. Not super! Still good. It's not super it's not enough super. for her. <laughs> it's just not my bad. It's not super. I want every <laughs> song to be super. They should all be super. Hilarious. Super, super, super. I hate you. <laughs> super salad. <laughs> you, ever be, you ever go to a restaurant like like get like a Denny's like at four o'clock in the morning after a gig, and you swear that the that the waitress asks you, "Do you want super salad?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never a, had a that super ex- salad. Wow, Wait, what is a super salad? salad? Yeah, what is a super salad? <laughs> She's just looking at you like, yeah. "Don't I can't deal with you at two yeah. thirty in the morning right now." Please stop. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> no, I've never had that experience. Yeah. But that's my condensed version. Condensed version? <laughs> condensed. He's a condensed version. Thank you very much. Sick. Um, okay, so have you ever heard of this band, Led Zeppelin? Do you know anything I, about them? Does any, do you, you're assuming that people who are listening to this podcast... I'm assuming if you don't know who Led Zeppelin are, you're stupid. But so, okay, well, fine. you know what? That's true. If you want to go ahead and... So we're going to go ahead. We're not going to talk about the history of Led Zeppelin and the breakup and everything, but <laughs> massive, you know, hard rock band that influenced tons of bands. Um, uh, really interesting that, too, that these 90s artists... Um, uh, were, you know, felt that they, you know, owed a lot to Led Zeppelin, you know, you would think, well, they would owe more to stuff from the 80s. You would think. But I, I feel like everybody <laughs> so it's has. Like, it's just like 20 year, not yeah. 10 year. It's like 20 right. <clears throat> It's a really interesting thing that happens. <clears throat> I feel like Led Zeppelin is one of, it's like everybody's influence somehow, somewhere. Kind of like the Beatles. Yeah. So. Um, oh, man, I have a whole thing about that with mm. the Beatles. I went to oh a boy. podcast on that. <laughs> <clears throat> a whole thing on that. A whole but, thing. But um, so in in the in in ninety four when when did we ninety five nine nineteen ninety five um um there was like a thing where people were these tribute things were mm-hmm. coming up and I I the first tribute album that I remember was. Two room. It was called Two Rooms, mm-hmm. a tribute to Elton John and Bernie Toppin. Okay, I don't and know that one. It's you, you. You heard it? No, I don't know that. Oh, one. It's really good. Really, really good. Um, it's got like um, it's got people like Tina Turner on it, and the Who, and people like that. It's like That's it's fun. not like artists you would associate with the nineties per se, right? <clears throat> and um, it's very cool. Um, bon Jovi is on it. Um, it's very cool. The one and, I'm familiar with is the Black Sabbath one. I have that one at home. Right. But I, this is the first one that yeah. I kind of like, I, I remember when it was big. I was working yeah. at National Record Mart when it came out. I love that. And 
So, so like, and it was a kind of like a buzz about uh, that. Do you remember when there was a buzz when an album was coming out? Yes. I talking about. Remember, the, remember that? Yes. It was, um, it was wonderful. I want, I want that to come back. That was a, <laughs> that was a better buzz than any kind of drugs you can take. Trust me. Um, but um, yeah, that was the first one that I remember, and that was probably that was a real early nineties. Yeah. You know, so I have to look at that one. I'm not familiar. Yeah. I have tons of tribute albums. I don't. When I was younger, I was su- su- like super against them because I'm like they shouldn't be doing covers of these awesome songs and blah blah blah. So it took me a while to actually warm up to the idea of a tribute album. But after I listened to one, I'm like, oh, I like them all. I like to hear the different versions. I like to hear their rendition of these songs. Uh, also, something interesting. <clears throat> this is not the only Led Zeppelin tribute album out there. No surprise there. Okay. <laughs> um, there is um, an album that came out in 2007 called Leadbox. I heard of that. And, okay, <clears throat> we're going to talk. I'm going to bring this subject up. This subject's going to come around again. Okay. When I talk about my new and notable. Okay. Word. <clears throat> but I think I think these might be record labels. And what they do is they've got different musicians signed under call. Or maybe it's management companies or... Something like that have all have the, these select musicians that they're signed, mm-hmm. and so what they do is they put them together in different con- concoctions and have them play on play these tributes, mm-hmm. play on these tributes. So this lead box is like they say like on the cover it's like it's it's King Crimson and. Um, uh, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer and uh, like all these like really big Toto and it's like oh, all these really big bands You're like shit man this is gonna <laughs> Pink Floyd and you know uh, Deep Purple and I'm like damn it's gonna kick ass no it's not it's like a guy <laughs> who was in Deep Purple like on one tour oh, you know what I mean so it's not, like, it's not yeah you know, okay. and some of the artists some of the some of the people are like are like somewhat famous yeah. you know that's not all you know you know you know no names but you're people you would recognize but um so they they just kind of get them together, and it's like an obvious attempt to try to make a buck, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know how you you know they could let license Led Zeppelin music inexpensively. I would think that would be one of that'd be one of the, the higher, expensive, yeah, legit, you know, artist music to license. But they do it and feel they can make a profit on it. The next one is called Live and Love and Played. I don't know this one. From 2004. And this is an all-female oh. acoustic versions of, you know, these kind of like very indie-ish, indie-ish. No, they're very, in, not even indie-ish, like indie, like, but, you know, Indie-esque. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's very cool. Might want to check that out. Now, here's a really unusual one, and this is from a little bit more contemporary times. Uh, the band Train became famous for doing Led Zeppelin songs in their set. Um, they um, they just Pat Monahan has that kind of voice. He has that kind of range, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so they would they would pepper them in their set, and people found out about it. Then they did it on the Howard Stern show, and when that happened. You know, they really started to expand their Led Zeppelin thing. And it finally, in 2016, they released a, an album called Led Zeppelin 2. And it literally is them playing Led Zeppelin 2, the album Led Zeppelin I'm going to have to hear that one because I love Tane. It is, um, 
they're they're great bands, so they sound very very good. <clears throat> I'm not sure, but what they what they did though, which was very smart, so that people wouldn't get all snooty about it, <laughs> all the proceeds went to a charity. Oh, that's that's nice. Okay, to, to like help children, right? You know, so people something for, it was so, for the children. So people don't bitch. They did it for the children, <laughs> Lily. You can't fault them for doing it for the children, can you now? <laughs> well, I'm sure some people did. Anyway. <laughs> um, we have to talk about later on this backlash about Metallica being in Stranger Things. I don't know about this. Yeah, we have to talk about. I've that. I've like <clears throat> briefly heard of things, yeah, but I didn't. Well, you know, we're I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to get into that later. Okay. But anyways, um, so there are other Led Zeppelin tributes out there. This though, I don't know. I um. <laughs> It feels more like these are all bands that like like Led Zeppelin and really felt Led Zeppelin was a influence, right? right. Does yeah, it kind of yeah, seem sure. that way to you. It's like uh, Zeppelin done nineties, right? Which I, which I exactly. Love. <laughs> and okay, but there's a couple little things going yeah. on with this. Right, <laughs> these are all artists who were signed to Atlantic Led Records, Ze- mm-hmm. which was Led Zeppelin's record label. Makes sense. So <laughs> it was not a you know, purely like, hey, let's, let's get, get together. together and play some Zeppelin tunes <laughs> and make it. It was like somebody was like, it's pre-fabricated. So I can make some money, yeah. you know, <laughs> off of this. And um, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. But uh, mm. so so it could be that is I'm sure it's a, con- a little bit of a combination, right? Yeah, for sure. Combination of both. So um, the the roster of artists is really like kind of a you know big 90s thing with the exception of Big Head Todd and the Monsters which is a great band but um probably the least maybe the least famous mm-hmm. uh, of of all but they're a great fucking band I didn't even know who they were until yeah. I did this research Really Yes that, really. they're a great band they um <laughs> they had a song um um on a really big song called uh, Bittersweet Surrender yeah. Maybe I'll know it if I hear it, yeah, but I didn't I mean, know Yeah, it was really <clears throat> all over the um, radio in the, like, um, like very, very early 80s. In okay. any case, um, <clears throat> but, like, you have those, so, but you have, like, it, like were some real surprises. Like, I, when I saw Duran Duran. Right, that, <laughs> that's different. You know, and you're like, damn, you know. <laughs> Um, and some were like, you went, huh? And then you went, oh, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Like, mm. Hootie the Blowfish, like the song that they do. And so, so let's go ahead and just go track by track and talk about the bands that are on here. Alrighty. So uh, the first one is Misty Mountain Hop by Four Non Blondes. Um, you talked about, you know, Lord of the Rings. So the most common interpretation of the song's title involves a reference to uh, the Misty Mountains in J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Um, the lyrics refer to events of the July 768 legalized pot rally in Hyde Park, London, where there were many arrests. Um, as far as the uh, Four Non Blondes version, it, uh, from the first sound of Linda Perry's vocals combined with her band's musical support, it actually sounds like we're hearing the original version of the track from Zeppelin IV. As uh, the Four Non Blondes takes, take goes on, Perry makes it more of her own and perhaps the highlight of the album. This is by far probably my favorite track on the album. I'm glad they started with it, but... Maybe they should have ended with it. I don't know. But I do love th- their version of this song. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who may not know, Four Non Blondes was an American alternative rock band from San Francisco, active from 1989 to 1994. So this is a, kind of like on this would be kind of on the outside mm-hmm. of the, their <clears throat> existence as a band. Their only album 
bigger, better, faster, more, spent 59 weeks on the Billboard 200. Well, good for them. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. that's legit. <laughs> Sold 1.5 million copies between 92 and 94. They hit the charts in 93 with the release of the album's second single, What's Up? And who, that's like, right? Like that's Everybody like knows every, that. <laughs> you cannot, if you go to karaoke, some girl, some we'll drunk girl's going to get up, maybe three or four of them are going to get up and sing What's Up? <laughs> they are feeling the moment. This song, Strawberry Wine, there's like a whole thing. That I like, know. Chicks got to get up. And I said chicks. Got to get up. I said chicks. Got to get up. They got to get up and sing What's Up? Uh, it's this one, Strawberry Wine, and um, First I Was Afraid. I, was I know, always. What's this, always. What is um, I Will, I will survive. survive. Glory Gaynor. Yes. <laughs> always, 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 always. Do you have a karaoke song <laughs> that you always do? Do you even no. do karaoke? I haven't done karaoke in, in many years. <clears throat> I only have one, but I have to be I'm extremely trying drunk. To cut down. Um, <laughs> originally, the band was all female with uh, Linda Perry, uh, vocalist Linda Perry, bassist uh, Krista Hillhouse, guitarist Shauna Hall, and drummer Wanda Day. Wanda Day, thank you. Nice, easy name. However, <laughs> Along with Day being replaced by Don Richardson, Hall was replaced by Roger Roca before the release of the album. Perry left the band in 94, and the remaining members disbanded shortly after. She kind of is the band. Yeah. You know, I hate this knock the other guys, but... <clears throat> She's the face. I mean, she her personality and her voice and everything really kind of just is what really makes that mm-hmm. kind of... Um, but uh, Hill House and Hall and Day had been roommates, you know, and started playing as a trio. But after seeing Perry sing a solo performance, they asked her to join. Um, and um, they were at a at night break at a San it's a San Francisco club when it uh, was mentioned uh, the trio was looking for vocalist. Perry announced she was a singer. <laughs> Hall replied, "I know." The first rehearsal was supposed to be at six ten p.m., but shortly after five p.m. The, oh, oh. The, the earthquake hit. Interesting. Yeah, Where is it? crazy. Where is that? Yeah. <laughs> Unusual uh, name of the band came from experience the group had in the Bay Area with the blonde, blonde family. According to uh, Hill House, right next to us, there's a trash receptacle with a piece of pizza on top, and the kid wanted to pick it up. The mom said, no, it's probably dirty. What, the, what with the pigeons and people? And she started <laughs> right at us. We're not blondes. We're non-blondes. What? She stared right at us. We were non-blondes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. It was like, it kind of threw me. It's okay. <laughs> I thought she was, okay. I got it. The non-blondes. They were the non-blondes. And the other side were the blondes. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> um, Openly lesbian singer uh, Perry often performed with a prominent dyke sticker fixed to her guitar. Good for her. <clears throat> Including the Billboard Music Awards and Late Night with David Letterman. Four Non Blondes contributed a song uh, Mary's House to the film Wayne's World. They also covered Van Halen's I'm the One on the soundtrack for Airheads. Um, uh, they contributed a Bless the Beast of the Children to a 94 Carpenter tribute album. Nice. If I Were a Carpenter and Misty Mountain Hop to Encomium, attributed to Led Zeppelin in 1995. Um, <clears throat> so that was really on the outside because it says they broke up around 94, 95. Um, I uh, kind of bummed out. She's a lesbian, man. I was thought she was hot. Somebody told me the other day that I looked like her. I'm like, I don't see that at all. But thanks. She was like, she kind of like... Um, 
sang like Grace Slick and mm-hmm. kind of looked like Carly Simon or yeah. something like that. Simon Slick. There it is. Slick Simon. <laughs> Slick Simon. <laughs> Sounds like a DJ name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Slick Simon here, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. We're playing all the hits. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so the next one is Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Hootie and the Blowfish. So this is the one I'm not like a super big fan of on the album. Um, The song was released in 1970 as the B-side of the single Immigrant Song in the U.S. Um, Sort of on the country. Ignorance, they covered the Immigrant Song? No, 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 no. This was, I was just saying this is the B-side originally. Oh, you're talking about. I'm talking about Zeppelin, I was like, I'm thinking, wait a minute. No, you got excited. Hootie and the Blowfish is covering the Immigrant Song. They did not do that. Oh, we got to stop what we're doing right now. It's on the podcast. Go listen to it. I don't think they could cover that. (laughs) Um, It is, it is the country version of the song. I just, I, I just, I don't love it. I'm not, I. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Oh, so. I tripped right on my penis. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Better clean that up. <laughs> oh, I've gone and made a mess, mummy. <laughs> but I don't have any other backstory on this song because I just, I'm not into it. So <clears> yeah. Um, uh, this was a band that, like, I I will say, like, I just don't like. Same. Uh, it's not that, I'm sure they're fantastic musicians. They actually are really great live, but I don't love them. <laughs> I, You know, and I'm not like, I'm trying not. I, seriously, guys. I mean, you're a great band, but just it's like a, it's like it just doesn't reach me. Right. Yeah. No. You know. Um, but uh, American rock band formed in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, in 1986. So not somebody from Southern California or New York City or right. someplace like that. <clears throat> the band's lineup for most of its existence has been the quartet of Darius Rucker, Mark Bryan, Dean Felber, and Jim Sonefeld. The band went on hiatus in 2008 until they announced plans for a full reunion tour in 2019 and released their first new studio album in 14 years, Imperfect Circle. <laughs> As the 19 Hootie and the Blowfish had won two Grammy Awards, had landed 16 singles on various Billboard singles charts, had uh, had uh, recorded 60 albums. The band's debut album, Cracked Rear View, is the 19th best-selling album of all time in the United States. I'm certified can't. platinum 21 times. It was huge. They were inescapable. I like, know. You couldn't like turn listen to the radio for five minutes without hearing Hootie and the Blowfish. I, I just oh, this record was ginormous. only want to be with you. I hate that song. <laughs> I know. I just can't stand it. <laughs> the band is known for its uh, three top ten singles: "Hold My Hand," "Let Her Cry," which I th- that song like makes me want to like. Like, stop the car, take a baseball bat, and smash the fucking radio. I was saying Club Baby Seals, but that's fine. <laughs> and I then don't... go out and Club Baby Seals. <laughs> and then the song Lily Loves, Only One to Be With You. <sighs> Man is also popular in Canada, having uh, had three number one singles in that country as well. They're really great when you're super, super drunk. Live. Uh, you know, I got to taste <laughs> this. I've never been that drunk. <laughs> I'm sorry and I, if you're I, a Hootie and the Blowfish fan or you're a friend of Hootie and the Blowfish please don't tell him I said it just don't <laughs> say just please do, do me a favor do not tell Hootie 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 and don't Hootie. call him Hootie his name isn't Hootie because he doesn't like that 
well, he shouldn't call his band because everybody was going to fucking call him that. I mean, it's like, no Jesus fucking Christ. People did not. Now that's a little annoying. I can forgive. <laughs> now you're even more mad. <laughs> I can forgive, like, the fact that, I don't know, the music doesn't personally float my boat. But, like, come on, dude. You couldn't call yourself that. It's like, you know, you know, Pink Floyd write that line, you know, uh, they, you know, saying, you know, oh, by the way, which one's pink? Look, dude, like, it sounds like somebody's fucking name. And right. A lot of people who are probably didn't realize how hip you were and just fucking thought that. So, like, you know, you could fucking excuse us plebs because we didn't, you know, we're too fucking stupid. We didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the old pink. The new pink, you know, it's good. I hate you. <laughs> Everybody, that, I think that people like, I think people in other countries think that that is every American. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Every other country in the world thinks that's how we are. <laughs> that's I can't blame them, honestly. Yeah, well, whatever, dude. You know, we have, we can say a lot of things about a lot of people's country, but we're not allowed to do that. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so the next song, Jamaica by Sheryl Crow. Now, first of all, I want to say I love Sheryl Crow and I fucking love this song. Um, the title is a play on the word Jamaica. I fucking love this song, there it dude! Is. I am not that nerdy. <laughs> the title is a play on the word Jamaica when spoken in, in, in an English accent. It smells like you you Jamaica. make her. Jamaica. Did you make Jamaica. her? Did you make her? Did you make her? Yeah. Uh, Crow contributes a delightful version of another Houses of the Holy Favorite in her own customary, sultry, beachy way. Jamaica uh, in the bum? Oh, my. Um, Michael Gold said something here. This is why YouTube hates us. <laughs> no doubt. They fuck up. Because <laughs> YouTube does not like this like, shit at all. Crow doesn't disappoint on a tune that was actually more of an experimental piece for Led Zeppelin back in the day. I think this is fantastic. I love that she makes it just like her other music. Like, very, like it says very beachy. It's very laid back. Beachy. It makes me happy. Because I love the beach. <laughs> very beachy. And I just love Cheryl Crow. She's awesome. She's awesome. Have another drink. If you change your mind on the first thin line. Michael Gold said, Lou, you have slandered one of the greatest musicians ever. Away with you. <laughs> you know I love Pink Floyd. Just <laughs> calm down, Michael, please. Please. You're please. hurting his we're, feelings. We're, we're having fun. You know, I'm, you know I fucking love Pink Floyd. Who doesn't? I don't fucking love that band. But I mean, you can't get bitchy about it, though, like, because people are gonna think that, like, it's a little like hoity-toity. It is legit. Yeah. I got you. <clears throat> um, but anyway, so this girl, her name is Cheryl Suzanne Crow, right? Nice. SSC uh, is an American musician, singer, songwriter, and actress. Her mm. muse, she acts like she's singing and playing. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> her I music, like her. <laughs> uh, incorporate, incorporates elements of. Uh, Rock, pop, country, folk, blues. She has released 11 studio albums, five compilations and three live albums, as well as contributed to several film soundtracks. Her most popular songs include All I Want to Do, Strong Enough, If It Makes You Happy, Every Day is a Winding Road, Tomorrow Never Dies. Which is uh, awesome. Theme song that was from the uh, James Bond. James Bond, uh, My Favorite Mistake, Picture. Picture? Picture. Can you play picture? <laughs> and every time I played like these hillbilly bars, man, people come up and say, Can you play picture? <laughs> Soak up the sun. I love that song. <clears throat> I do too. That's my beach go to. <laughs> uh, Crow has sold more than 50 
million <laughs> albums worldwide and won nine, Amma said won nice Grammy Awards. Won nine, they could have, they probably were nice Grammy Awards. They probably were. Um, nine out of uh, 32 nominations. Um, as an actress, Crow has appeared in various television series, including 30 Rock. She was in Cop Rock? I didn't even know that. <laughs> C, uh, G, uh, GCB, Cougar Town, John Stewart. Okay, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. She's in a bunch of shit on TV. Nobody cares about. <laughs> but anyway, so Cheryl Crow, um, she was a um, back back backing vocalist, and I believe um, toured with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, recorded background vocals for Stevie Wonder, Belinda Carlisle, Jimmy Buffett, Kevin Gilbert, and Don Henley. There's no surprise. They're a match for sure. Vocally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that album, um, the t- uh, Tuesday Night uh, Music Club, that is... Uh, I, I, when, I, I didn't appreciate All I Want to Do. <clears throat> but that record, like, I had a friend of mine, he had it and he played it for me. But it was really the second album. Mm-hmm. That came out that when, when she better. blew everybody's mind. <laughs> then I went back to Tuesday Night Met My Music Club and went like, "This is a fucking great album." Like, just went, you know, just realized I was like, <laughs> I, I was too dumb. And she was one. She was like, to, she was to me the '90s Pat Benatar. Yeah. Like, you know, she kind of like, uh, kind of did with in the '90s what Pat Benatar kind of did in the '80s. <clears throat> especially the early part and she carried through like she was in the early 2000s um all i want to do uh, i'm not um soak up the sun is what 99 2000 something like that something like that yeah i just know i'm obsessed with it yeah that's a great song and i bought like her first like four albums yeah just, just bought them like you know i've seen her twice in concert she's fun i saw her with train and then i saw her with kid rock um her and train would be a good the, it was great it, it was a great a show match. Yeah. It was uh, the Jeep World Outside tour, so they had like this. Whole, it was like super cool at uh, Starlight. They had like a scuba diving tank that you could do. They had bike riding. They had the uh, the rock wall climbing. It was it was a very bizarre concert, but it was a lot of fun. It was very hands on activities the whole day. <laughs> I like activities. We have so much more room for activities. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, oh my God. boy! Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so Cheryl Crow. Okay. So far, I th- I would. Here's what I wanted to say so far. Okay. I think so far on this album, everything is really strong. Even mm-hmm. though, I, like I said, I'm not honestly. Hey, hey, what can I? That is probably my favorite thing. That who actually the one thing by Hootie and the Blowfish. I have to That's say. That's the one thing like. you like. <laughs> like cover song. I, I like it and I think it suits them and they do a good job on it. Um, I was skeptical when I saw that they were going to be on this record but when I heard the song that did it like eh. all like ah, makes sense, okay? Nah. It makes sense but I don't like it. But the, these <laughs> all got radio airplay was what is what I'm trying to say. I got you. And um, Cheryl Crow's version of Dermaker um, was very popular. A lot, every, a lot of people really praised um that's a lot of people, uh, a lot of uh, reviewers say that's the highlight mm-hmm. of the album. So what's it, what do you got next? Uh, next, we have Dancing Days by STP, Stone Temple Pilots. The song itself was inspired by an Indian tune that Jimmy Page and Robert Plant heard while traveling in Bombay. 
Um, the late Scott Weiland and company offer a solid take on the Houses of the Holy Hit. Stone Temple Pilots, pilots didn't veer much from the original, but offered a bit more of a stripped-down offering with some swing mixed in. So it's basically very Stone Temple Pilots version of this song. So it's them just doing the song. It's not They didn't try to like completely copy the song. They made it their own, I think. That this is um, one of the things I will say about this record too is like, <clears throat> it's everybody it treats the material seriously. Um, maybe not Rollins Band. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, for the most part, everybody treats the material very seriously, and I mean, I think the fact that um, uh, Robert Plant himself comes and sings on the mm-hmm. record uh, uh, you know sort of gives the record a kind of stamp of approval yeah. you know <clears throat> and I think that you know I listen to this record a lot um, driving back and forth to rehearsals and things like that and I lo- I was tickled by every version I thought oh that's cool that's cool. Oh, neato. Like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, just really thought it was a really like a fun record. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very cool. Yeah, it is a fun um, record. Yeah. So you guys know who Stone Temple Pilots are out there. Maybe heard of them. I hope people know who they are. Also known by the initials STP, American rock band from San Diego that originally consisted of Scott Weiland, uh, brothers Dean DeLeo and Robert DeLeo and Eric Kretz. Uh, the band's lineup remained unchanged from its formation in 89 until the firing of Wyland in 2013. Lincoln Park vocalist Chester Bennington joined the band, but left amicably in 2015. In 2016, the band launched an online edition for new vocalists. They announced Jeff Gutt what a name. as a new lead singer. Um, they started as the band Mighty Joe Young. They signed to Atlantic, so again, here's the connection with Led yep. Zeppelin. <clears throat> um, Irving Azoff, As- As- that's his name. Yeah. He assigned everybody. There, uh, Irving Azoff is in the, um, the movie Ray. He's I, a really big part. I didn't know really that. really big part. He's like the guy who's like really trying to like keep Ray at the, in okay. Atlantic. Okay. And then okay. he, wants to, he ends up leaving Atlantic. <clears throat> um, kind of, you know, gives him his big break. But anyways, um, so these guys, you know, so uh, Scott Weiland, you know, the band had got together. They broke up. He went and play, played with Slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, Velvet Revolver. Then, yeah. that, then that broke up and he went back to um, Stone Temple Pilots. And then, <clears throat> of course, he, you know, overdosed on drugs. He became a rock and roll cliche. And Chester Bennington sang for them for a little while. But, uh um, then, you know, he left and they brought in, uh, they did like this contest. Boy, how the mighty have fallen. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I really hate that. <laughs> I thought, like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's fine, I guess. I shouldn't be so judgy about it. I, and like, I was I was making fun out of being like um, snooty or snobby before, you know. And I guess it's kind of snobby of me. But I just... It just feels so inorganic or like it doesn't to have a contest to how musicians should get together and make something, you know, really special. I I don't know. Um, We actually have a question if you would like to address that or do you Um, want to do it later? My underwear. (laughs) I'm sorry. From Bill Thomas. Do you prefer if a band does a cover that they make it their own or stick close to the original? Um. 
Yes and yes. Okay. <laughs> Here's my thought on it. I think that if you're gonna, um, if you're going to um, do, if it's gonna be a reinterpretation some way, some reinventing, reimagining, or whatever, it better be fucking great. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. It better be killer. Mm-hmm. Like you better like really like wow me. <laughs> or don't bother. Or don't fucking bother. <laughs> I will give you an example. Okay. Rage Against the Machines cover of The Ghost of Tom Joad. Okay. Uh, Springsteen's version is like put you to fucking sleep. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. 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 <laughs> In America, terrible. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Uh... He, he, you, know, he, you know, he wasn't the boss that day, if you ask me. Um, <clears throat> but... Rage's version, dude, is like, they, they're like, yeah, we're not doing all the Springsteen stuff. We'll keep the words. They would never do all the Springsteen stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and just do that, you know. <clears throat> um, another one is um, Mississippi by um, Cheryl Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Bob Dylan song. Um, and... The Dylan's version is like, you know, it's like, it's like half the speed. It's like 49 verses, you know, to 40. it's like a dirge. <laughs> and, um, Cheryl puts this like really cool, like violin riff in it. And she gives it this it's kind of a cool little beat, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, it's a, you know, it's a, like a more of a length of a right, traditional pop song. It might be a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, very cool. And it's fun, and you know, you know, it's like when you get, you know, Dylan is. I'm like, what are you doing, man? There's an old expression: uh, anybody does Dylan better than Dylan. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> okay. Yes. So it, what do you got? But thank you, Bill Thomas. We like questions like that. Um, so the next song is "Tangerine" by Big Head Todd and the Monsters, who I had no idea who they were until I did the research. Also, my White Claws Tangerine today. Uh, they are a rock band formed in 84 in Colorado. The band has developed a sizable live following, especially in the mountain states of the United States. Very 90s sounding, not much to say um, about this song for me that I just I just really enjoy this cover or this, yeah, this cover of this song vocally and instrumentally. I just, I, 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 I've listened to it like four or five times because I liked it so much, not knowing who these guys were. Um, so. They, um, they, they, it's in their live set. I, I don't know if it still is, but... It was for um, a long time. This is a really good band. Uh, You guys should check out. um, I don't know if we've ever, when we did our um, bands, you should don't know about, but should. We definitely did not. I don't know if we we didn't (laughs) talk about Big Head Todd and the Monsters, but this is a very cool band. Um, Their um, uh, record, Sister Sweetly, uh, was produced by David Z, who was the guitarist for Prince's band. Okay, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. the guitar player in the Little Red Corvette video. Mm. He spins spins around mm-hmm. and sings mm-hmm. those. Uh, Get to slow down. Yeah, he does those vocals with nice. Prince. <clears throat> That's David Z, and he's gone on. He's I didn't produced. Even know. A, uh, he's uh, he. I there's a lot of there's a couple of records that he's produced that it's, I think sound fucking awesome. And this is one of them, Sister Sweet uh, uh, Sweetly. Um, and it had uh, Bittersweet on it, Broken Hearted Savior, and Circle. And this is one of those records. Uh, this record and then their next record, Stratagem. I, there's like, they have like three, four records in a row that like literally you listen to every song. You're like, that's a great song. That's a great song. 
That's a great song. See, now I'm kind of mad at myself song. for not knowing who this is. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, um, you know, it's not jammy, mm-hmm. but I think live they do a little bit more, jam- more okay. jamming, but it, they don't jammy on, they don't jammy. They don't jam. They don't do like long jams or something on their, on their records, except for a couple places here and here, here and there. <clears throat> but for the, it's just like the, the guy has a very cool voice and he has this, they have these just really great songs, like good lyrics, you know, there's touching ballads. There's just like, and they're great players. Uh, Todd Park Moore um, is the uh, vocalist and guitarist, and he's just freaking dynamite. He's got a very cool uh, voice. He's, um, I think that one of the reasons why they are big in that area is because they have a kind of a Native American thing going mm-hmm. on. Um, so uh, yeah, just um, just a great band, dude. Check, uh, check them out, Big Head Todd and. The monsters. I don't really like the name, but that's probably <laughs> that might be why I didn't ever listen to them because I don't like the name. Whatever. Um, anyway, the next one is "Thank You" by Duran Duran. Uh, the Zeppelin version Robert Plant dedicated to his wife Maureen. It was the first Zeppelin song that Plant wrote all the lyrics for, something he did at the urging of Jimmy Page. This is actually one of the most covered Zeppelin songs in their catalog. It, like fourteen different bands have covered it. Not the most covered, but one of the most covered. Um. Duran Duran is obviously one of many. I'm not a super fan of Duran Duran, but it is a beautiful cover of the song, so I will they give them props. They kill this. I, they Are do. You fucking kidding I know. Me? I don't love Duran and Duran, Simon but I love Le bon this. Simon is so good on it. I'm like, like, I'm like, guys, why didn't you? When you came out, why didn't you do more songs like this? Mm-hmm. You know, like this is another thing. Like, um, I definitely like like them way more than Hootie and the Blowfish. Right. Like, oh yeah. Um, way. I, I mean, I actually like them. Yeah. I thought they were a really cool band. I, you know, <clears throat> this this band was like a huge part of my like growing up, my formative years. Your childhood. I mean, yeah. <laughs> These guys were fucking everywhere. Like, <laughs> you know. And then Martha Quinn with Duran Duran coming up next. Um, this is my first Columbia House was record that came in. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I just tossed it aside. Hungry like the wolf. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, these guys were like jive fucking enormous like they were just massive stadium packing mm-hmm. band uh in the 1980s uh english new wave band formed in birmingham not birmingham alabama <laughs> <laughs> no <clears throat> yeah they're british and then they moved to birmingham they moved to the south to get that you know like, no, why no. Not? i'm lying <laughs> we should just make up shit you know we do don't we <laughs> um in 78 by keyboardist Nick Rhodes and bassist John Taylor with the addition of drummer Roger Taylor. The following year, the band went through numerous personnel changes before settling on the lineup, including Andy Taylor <laughs> on the guitar and lead singer Simon LeBon. So uh, Rhodes, Taylor, and Taylor. Rhodes, oh. Taylor, Taylor, and Taylor. All the Taylors. Gee whiz. Too many Taylors. <laughs> I guess they were from a family of Taylors. All the dealers. <laughs> oh my god! Sick. I was uh, anyway. So I can't go back to four non blondes. I'm sorry, brain, come back. <laughs> Over here, Lou. Over here. 
We'll talk about Duran Duran. Uh, when Duran Duran emerged, they were generally considered part of the new romantic scene. Innovators of the music video Duran Duran was ca uh, catapulted into the mainstream uh, with the introduction of the 24-hour music channel MTV. I want my MTV. This is why <laughs> you wanted your MTV, so you could hear Duran Duran. The group was a uh, leading band in the uh, the uh, MTV-driven second British invasion uh, in the U.S. in the 1980s. Band's first hit was Girls on Film. Girls on Film. Popularity so of which boring. was enha enhanced by a controversial music video. Of course, we have to have a controversial mu music video, don't we? I mean, like. That's how it works that's for me. Exactly. And there we go. Since uh, Breakthrough Software album was Rio. I do. Okay. I like that album. Uh, or as I used to sing, his name is Dio and he <laughs> sings for Black Sabbath. <laughs> I have my uh, former boss and Dio. I have a joke about uh, the name Rio because Rio is where? Brazil, right? Yes. Brazilian. He used to, every time I'd get a Brazilian wax, he'd be like, did you get Rio'd? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now that's what we talk about. <laughs> that sounds filthy. It is. I just thought of when I heard when I heard that I thought there was a big movie came out around the same time called Blame It on Rio. Oh yeah, I yeah I've seen and that. So movie. I thought like it had something to do with no, it. No, you know? nothing at all. But the song that like got me was Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah. I thought that was nah. that's all oh, that's yeah. the one I freaking love, man. I love <laughs> that song. But anyways, yeah. So uh, yeah, and they win a Grammy and blah 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 blah. The reflex, and they're fantastic. And a view blah, blah, to blah. a kill. They got to do a James Bond thing too. You know, if you're good enough in this world, you get to do a James Bond song. But let's move on to Blind Melon. Out on the tiles, Blind Melon. Instrumentally, Blind Melon keeps things pretty close to the original. Um, but the late Shannon Hoon's unique, own unique voice actually fits very well with this rocker at certain moments. Hoon's range seems to work even better than Plants, and he does have a fantastic voice for this song. So I want to say one thing more thing about the Duran Duran thing. Um, they change a couple of things on their version, although it's very, very close. But with Simon's delivery, like it's they, it really is like their own. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. It's very mm -hmm. good. But anyway, so yeah, blind, blind melon, um, out on the tiles. I mean, this is what. Uh, see, this is this is what's so funny about this band. Um, we should talk about them on a pod. We should work in something where we could do a little bit, get a little bit more into them. But they. Um, they're known for the song No Rain. Yeah. That was their big song. And it's just kind of like light, you know, sing-songy, you know. Kind of whiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Very their, all their other songs were like out on the tiles. Right, yeah. You know, they were like a soulful rock group, like um, like in a way kind of like the Black Crows. Mm -hmm. they, were more, they were more in that vein. A little bit more, they had more of an alternative rock, punk rock kind of thing, you know, mixed in with it. I would have really liked to see where Shannon would have gone with the band had he not been dumb and killed himself, basically. So how did he? Well, how <laughs> he did drug he... overdose? Oh, okay. Oh, so no autoerotic No, nothing. Nothing fancy. <laughs> just the just your <laughs> good old fashioned, good old fashioned drug overdose. Drug overdose. <laughs> what this band needs to get to the top is a good old fashioned <laughs> drug overdose. Which one y'all gonna take one for the team? <laughs> had to be Shannon. That sucks. <laughs> I think he would still be fantastic. I think he would be like super on the top with that band. If he were still alive. Get rid of the clown. <laughs> we had a so spider, now we have clowns. So honky the clown says the same thing. 
Here's what you never, speaking of spiders, here's what you never do down here, ever, is turn all the lights off. You never, ever do that. Ever. I don't plan on it. Ever. Why did they all come out? Yeah, when I first, like, we got the basement refinished and stuff like that, you know, seasons changed or whatever. And one and, and I, one night, I, I was turning the lights off. And when I turned the lights off, and I came down, and I opened the, I went to come downstairs, and I opened the door. I was just, like, a, just enough light coming in that I could see. And I'm like... I thought we just cleaned yesterday. What's all over the floor? Um, thousand leggers, spite like big fucking spiders. It was a whole fucking like, uh, you know, it was like out of a horror movie. <laughs> Look, clowns. As long as you leave a light on, the they hide. Clowns and spiders, and then they made it. Clowns and spiders. Who said that was okay? Clowns and spiders. <laughs> Who said that was okay? What a fucking fresh hell is that? Stop. <laughs> fresh hell. <laughs> um, you know, there's a song called Fresh Garbage. It's by Spirit. I, think, I, d- I didn't know the name of that. No, they have a song called Fresh Garbage. <laughs> That's awesome. Fresh hell's better. <laughs> I always cracked up. And uh, what's the band? There's a band that has a, there's a band that has an album called Brain Salad Surgery. Is that Emerson Lake and Palmer? <sighs> I don't I've been know what it is, Gold but I know that he might. Let's he talk about cracker. Good times, bad times. I love crackers. Lovely, <laughs> can I have a cracker? Oh, my God. American rock band from Bakersfield, California, formed in 1990 by lead singer David Lowry. And the reason I'm reading this is because I didn't know who they were. Bakersfield? <laughs> the band. Bakersfield. That's where... Um, no, I just don't know the band, that's the band where, cracker. Like, that, that's where uh, Buck Owens said he can never walk the streets of. Okay. <laughs> Cracker has released nine studio albums and Quit several. Quit saying that. That sounds It's so the name of the band. It sounds, no. Every time I, call, I, I cringe. You cringe. That's because you feel guilty. <laughs> Why guilt? Cracker has released Where nine studio albums. Where do I pay my reparations? <laughs> several compilations. I hate you. Collaborations, uh, solo projects, and live albums. The band mixed. <laughs> wow. The band mixed influences and sound from rock, punk, grunge, psychedelia, country, blues, and folk. I can't stand you when you laugh when I'm trying to read. I gotta tell you, man. 1993. I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> I already know. In 1993, Cracker contributed the song "Good Times, Bad Times" to the album. Initially, the band recorded a rendition of "When the Levee Breaks," but it was deemed too weird for the album. So I'd like to find that and listen to it. Here we go. I swear to God, if you do the fucking clown, I'm walking out. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the clown. That actually wasn't what I was, thought, was, was looking for. I was looking for. I was looking for something else. It was more uh, c- Cracker appropriate. <laughs> oh my God. But you're not even ready. I can't deal with cracker. <laughs> no cracker for me. C- cracker barrel. No, the band. I'm just kidding. I want cracker barrel. I should now. read the. Uh... I really want some French toast from Cracker Barrel now. Oh, you know what? I got to go to breakfast there next time. I, yeah. I haven't been there in a minute. Uh, they're in, uh, cracker Barrel is an American. No, Cracker is an American rock band from Bakersfield. Is, 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 I read all that already. You already read all that. Okay. <laughs> wow, see, I have nothing to do. I was, see, I was so busy looking for a sound effect. <laughs> you didn't listen. So I didn't. I was not paying attention. I That's was, okay. I was okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I think that um, uh, this is a cool um version. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool enough. But again, like, I don't think you, I, I don't know, you, you weren't listening to this record, right, when it came out? No, 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 okay, no. Okay. No, no. Because it got a lot. A lot of these songs got 
on the radio. This def this was on, this was definitely on the radio. Okay. Big Head Todd and the Monsters was on there. Stone Temple Pilots, Cheryl Crow, Hootie the Blowfish, the Four Non Blondes were all on the fucking radio. I've heard the Four Non Blondes and Cheryl Crow on the radio. The rest not so much. I mean, they all got on the radio. So um, let's go ahead and talk about Hell Met. <laughs> Custard Pie Helmet with David Yao of the Jesus Lizard. Can't even take this seriously. Jesus, Lizard. Helmet is an American alternative you know, that's metal a, that's band. That's oh, trying God. to, what they're really talking about. You know what they're trying to say with Jesus, Lizard, don't you? What are they trying to say? I know what I'm talking about. You know what <laughs> they say when you got to go drain the lizard? Yes. So it's, just, it's basically Jesus' penis. Oh. It's probably, they that's... probably were wanted to call, the, they probably went in and said, the management said, okay, what's the name of your band? Jesus' penis. Your name of your band is not <laughs> something Jesus' else. penis. Nope, no, something else. No, you're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, but thanks for playing. Brian, you tell lose. Won. <laughs> yeah, you lose. Get the fuck out. Helmet is an American alternative metal band from New York City, formed in 89. Um, <laughs> Helmet has released eight studio albums and two compilation albums. David Yao is an American musician and actor Yow! born in Vegas, best known as the vocalist for the noise rock band Scratch Acid and the Jesus Lizard. Wow. Okay. Scratch acid. <sighs> His uh, debut solo album tonight, "You Look Like a Spider," was released in June 2013 on Joyful Noise Records. I did not pre-read that. <laughs> tonight you look like a spider. What was it called? Tonight you look like a spider. Tonight you know what? I have like had enough with the fucking spider talk. Spider talk, spider talk. It's a wonder you can walk. I don't really love this song, but that's fine. Or I don't love this version of this song. <laughs> that's all I have to say about okay. it. Okay. Helmet, Helmet. Is an American alternative metal band. You already read that. I did that. Okay. I mean, what you, I, I, this is what I'm set up to do. And you're taking your sorry. So that I was reading the bands I didn't know <sighs> very well. Well, I, you were talking about the songs though. Yeah, and now I'm not on that well, you, one. She's <laughs> fucked me up. That, okay, it's not my fault. It's not my fault, man. You get to talk about the songs on this one. Well, I don't know these songs. Yes, you do. You're songs. such a fucking liar. I never heard of this band. See, I did <laughs> see what I wrote down on my list. I didn't write the songs down. Okay. You want to get talk about the Rollins band? Go ahead. Forest Dicks. Rollins band. The former Black Forest Dicks. I thought Forest you said, Sticks. I thought you said like four instead of Forest Four S Sticks. Forest. Forest <laughs> Sticks. Forest Four. Forest Sticks. Forest Sticks. <laughs> Forest. I hate you. Four sticks. Oh my god. Four sticks. Four sticks. I need glasses. <laughs> the former Black Flag leading man was in his own group by the time he attempted to cover one of his favorite bands. Never one to back down from a fight. Rollins uh, let Rollins lets rip with cover with this cover. The 1995 version was obviously raunchier than what ended up on Led Zeppelin's fourth album, but also seemed strangely more polished than the original. I don't think so. Still, Henry L Rollins did nothing to hurt the song's legacy, and his rendition was serviceable at the very least. Now you can read That's it. really not nice. I don't care. I don't really like Henry Rollins. Why, Which oh, Lou why is going to be like, mad about it. Why? No, no, I'm just curious. Why don't you like Henry he's Rollins? He's just annoying. He's just annoying. That's all. Okay. <laughs> well, he's, he's a big mouth. Mm. He's one of those guys. He's like, um, which there, you would think I would like. There's some, there's some rockers that just like run their mouths. Mm. You know what I mean? They just talk nonsense, I think. And I like him and Ted Nugent. 
are like guys that just like yeah but i would like to talk to ted nugent about some things <laughs> oh oh my i want to get him riled up on the podcast <laughs> um but uh benny was uh, from van nuys california of course 87 to 06 was led by of course female black uh former female black former black former black Former, I'm the record skipping. <laughs> Former Black Flag vocalist Henry Rollins. We're a hot Lily mess. loves when I do that. I do. <laughs> I do just to turn you on. Ooh. They are best known for songs "Low Self Opinion" and "Lie." That was the that was they had a big video of that. Um, I don't know why he thinks he's gonna be so cool taking his shirt off to sing, but whatever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he's doing the Iggy Pop thing. I know what he's doing. <laughs> you know what he's doing. I, I know, know what he's doing. Don't think know. I don't know what you're doing, Henry Rollins. Lizzie. Already know. Don't think I don't know because I know what you're doing. You may have everybody else fault, but not Lily V6. <laughs> I just want to, you to know, as you point Henry, to yourself. if you're watching this fucking podcast, this bitch right here, she's got your fucking number. Better not. You better toe the fucking line. Right? Yeah. That's right. I don't know what's going fuck on. Fuck around. <laughs> fuck around, fuck around. Pretty soon ain't going to be around. Send help. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, next one. Going to California by Never the Bride. Anything? Okay. This is my favorite Zeppelin song ever. Just saying. Um, it's one of their ballads. It was released um, on their untitled fourth album in 71. The song started out as uh, a song about Californian earthquakes. And when Jimmy Page, um, Andy Johns, and the band manager Peter Grant traveled to L.A. to mix Led Zeppelin four, they coincidentally experienced a minor earthquake. Uh, the English band Never the Bride was founded in the early 1990s. The band's sound incorporates... I'm reading this, just so okay, you know. All right. And now I'm, now I'm on to you. <laughs> the band's sound incorporates classic rock, blues, soul, and country. They have supported musicians including The Who, Elton John, Roger Daltrey, and Paul Rogers. Uh, the band claims that Daltrey praised uh, Lamborn, the lead singer, for having the best female rock voice since Janis Joplin. But she... Uh, and she definitely does. She definitely does have that whole Janis Joplin feel. Voice. The raspy. Um, it's just beautiful. And I, I this is... I think I like this version of this song better than Zeppelin, so I know that might be blasphemy, but I don't care. <clears throat> well, Lily. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> this song, this version, and this is what, there is no arguing about this. Okay. <laughs> is maybe the greatest cover of any song that's ever been covered in the history of covering songs. Nice. I, I, I knew I was it, right. Fucking, this is my favorite, like, I'm a rocker, I want to like rock out, but this is my favorite thing on the whole album. Nice. I, it just, it is so good. And they're in, and they really make it their own. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, because the, the Zeppelin one has the folky guitar yeah. and all that. There's no guitar. <laughs> it's, it's this piano, and I, yep. there might be strings. I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, it's a piano, this beautiful, like, beautiful piano um, arrangement mm -hmm. of it. That, it has nothing to do, really, too much with, other than just the general, outlining the general chord changes. Like too much with the original with the with the guitar, so it's not like it's not like the guitar line was transferred to the piano. No, she's just completely doing uh, her own thing. Mm -hmm. Just you know, we're just gonna do our own thing with this, and um, to the point where where um, I played this you know, with two different singers acoustically, and both times I was like 
trying to do more of what the piano was doing on the Never the Bride version mm-hmm. versus the, you know, the Jimmy Page's guitar, original guitar line. <clears throat> That's how good it is. It's really fucking great. And if you've never heard it, you, Shame on you. you go go listen to it. It's real. No, seriously, <laughs> That's man. That's a great it's version. Like, it's it's the absolute best thing. It's the most standout thing. And they put this on their album too, um, and they should as they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's going on? Like, oh, they have some records out. Yeah, they're putting records out. Mm-hmm. So we have to. I'm about to go revisit these guys. Yeah, they have a the newer album. one there too. Yeah, they got some. They put something out in 2019. License to bitch. Oh my! That's my God. whole life. License to bitch. <laughs> I have a license to bitch. I should. That's <laughs> from 2013. I really wanted to. I was thinking about a really sexist joke that I was going to say. Oh, you me. probably shouldn't. I mean, I won't care, but somebody else might care. <laughs> very, very sexist. Look, I'm just a prick. So, like, you, everybody you have to fucking knows. deal with that. Like, I'm, but I'm a nice prick. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not. I, like, if, I think you can listen to us. Like in in a few, in few minutes, realize that like nobody here has like kind of mean bone in their no. body. You know, we're nobody can, trying to be here. mean about anything. <laughs> we're just trying to have a good time, and we just think everything's funny. <laughs> Dick and fart jokes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh boy! So there's anyway. we're, we're we're nearing the uh, yeah. We've got two more if we're talking about the yeah. We got to talk okay. about that too. Uh, down by the seaside, Robert Plant and Tori Amos. Um, down by the seaside was originally written as an acoustic track at. Okay, so I always say this wrong. Is it Bron... Bronyer? Bronyer. Okay. In 1970 and was influenced by Neil Young, which I can totally tell. Um, it was reworked as an electric track during the sessions for the fourth album uh, the following year. Page and Bonham led the arranging, changing tempo from the slow to the fast section and then back again. Uh, Tori Amos, if you don't know who she is, she's an American singer, songwriter, and pianist. She is classically trained uh, with mezzo-soprano vocal range. I think she's fantastic. I saw her one time live. I wish I could see her again. Keep forgetting when she's in town. <laughs> if you don't know who Robert Plant is, please turn off the program. <laughs> Thank you. That was fucking perfect. <laughs> finally. <laughs> 29 podcasts later, I finally got one in. About every 29th podcast, I get one just right under those. If you would like to come and hang out with us and, and, dr- and get drink, drink with us, and you run the sound effects, you know, I, I can't give you any money, but it's a good time. <laughs> we have a lot of fun, obviously. Um... Robert Plant, the man himself involved in the song, so it's going to be amazing. This version is a little darker than the original, and Amos and Plant's voices just melt together beautifully. It's like a whole thing. That's all I got for that. Did you know that Roger Waters was in Pittsburgh last week? I did know. I did know. Yeah. I did not have time or money to go. Well, because he waters while Robert plants. (laughs) You are a cheese ball. (laughs) They should tour together. Water's plants. <laughs> Water's plant. There you are. There you are. I'm be, out. I'm out. That would be jokes on Facebook. I, 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 if I, I see right there, I need a mic. Drop. I'll do that instead. <laughs> boom. And I'm out of here. And boom goes the dynamite. Um. Uh. Uh. sneeze is the one that like always kind of stood out for me, but um. I try to see where if I can find her discography. There was one record of her. I bought one record and I loved it. Um, mm, Boys for Pele. Mm. 
mm. from 96. Mm. And I played the living shit out of that record. I thought it was so good. That was still when... Now, we were in a CD age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was still when like you had to go buy an album. Yeah. Now, you could go to... Um, what was the place? It was a bookstore. Borders? Yeah. Okay. You could go to Borders, and they had headphones. You could listen. And you could, yeah. pl- listen, you could listen, which was really cool. That was high-tech fucking Remember the wall at the mall? Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. you could do that there, too. It became FYE. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they picked that up after that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was things, you know, we talked about what killed rock and roll a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, or last week, and... Uh, at that time, I, this is so funny. Just, to, just here's the difference in the mindset. At that time, people, the, the industry was scared because what Borders wanted to do was allow people to listen to CDs and pick songs, mm-hmm. and then they would make a compilation CD uh, yes. and sell it to them. And they were trying to get like all the licensing together because they were really wanted to do that really, really bad, and they were really struggling to get to get that together and then the internet happened yeah borders be, is yeah. no more yep gone isn't <clears> it like <throat> a ballet studio <laughs> i think it was borders yeah it, was, it wasn't barnes and noble it was borders yeah, borders no barnes and noble didn't have that option they just had starbucks <laughs> <laughs> well that i do and like i was out south hills over the weekend and i was like i need a starbucks and that's where i went I mean, I'm not gonna. Man, lie I, I I read this really fucked up book. I, let's finish this. Okay. We'll uh, Full in the rain, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Led Zeppelin bassist John Paul Jones and vocalist Robert Plant were inspired by samba beats um, that played during the 1978 FIFA World Cup tournament in Argentina. If you don't know what that is, it is soccer. Uh, Full in the rain was never performed live by Led Zeppelin. However, the band member Robert Plant teamed up with American rock band Pearl Jam in 2005 and performed the song live for Hurricane Katrina. Uh, blah blah blah. The band is considered one of the. Oh, hold on. Mana is con- uh, a Mexican pop rock band. Band is considered one of the best-selling Latin music artists and the most successful Latin American band of all time, with over 40 million records sold worldwide. I love the original version of this song because it is danceable. I love this version even more because it's even more danceable. And I thought they put like a wonder. It's already has that feel of uh, the whole. I can't even talk anymore. That's not what I'm laughing at. It's a very lively Spanish version of the song. That's all I have to say. It's really good. It's excellent. <laughs> and I did a, like a really just like stupid thing today. I don't even know about this did. song. What? So, like, I was looking for, I was trying to get my notes together and everything for the podcast, and um, uh, I was trying to get my notes together for the podcast and um, I found it on YouTube because because on Spotify there's only like five songs yeah. or something that's weird um, but it's on YouTube so I'm on YouTube and the first song that plays is this yeah and I know that I'm like I know this album I'm like I know what the first song is in Four Nine Blondes mm-hmm. Misty Mountain Hop and I'm like wrong so I immediately put a comment in this song is not on Encomium. And then you felt stupid. And then I went and I started doing my research. I found one guy. It kind of is. Like, <laughs> later on. It, later on it came on. Yeah. They put it on later on. Attacked on. Uh, it's cool. You know. I love it. It's a very danceable song. What they do that is kind of cool on this is that um, when you hear the original, that breakdown in the middle mm-hmm. feels like it comes out of nowhere. But what these guys do is they play that as the intro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sets you up for that 
later in the song. And I think, honestly, this is a good example of like, when I heard that, I was like, this actually is a better arrangement. Mm -hmm. It's a better arrangement. Because like, always, like, Fool in the Rain is such a great song, but that middle section really feels like it comes out of nowhere. If you ever play it in a band... And you play that middle section like that. Like people will be dancing to the first part. We do the middle section. Everybody goes. They look at you. And they they're look like, at you like, <laughs> and then they leave. And then you know, it's beer time. Then before you know, people are like, "You suck." Has that happened, Luke? <laughs> That's the worst. When you like, you're rocking out really hard on stage, and you end, boom. And there's one guy in the back going, "You suck." I'm gonna do that at your next show. <laughs> That's so like it makes you feel that gets you in the feels, it really does. <laughs> then you beat the guy in the head it, with the it guitar. Does. It's not a big deal. It does. It does. Um. So real quick, um, I think we are. Eh. We're not doing lyrics with Ludini. Okay. We're gonna skip that for this evening. We went really. Long. I thought th- I thought we were gonna buzz through this. No. I thought we were gonna zip right through this. I we had no we idea. Don't do that. Guys, I'm so sorry if we got really long winded on these things. Like, <laughs> but you know, we just were having a good, a gay old time. Just like who had the gay, who had a gay old time? Me, the, the Flintstones. Yeah, the Flintstones. Just like the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. Just call me. Just call us Fred and Barney. Can I be Barney? <laughs> Can be Barney. No, I wouldn't be you Betty. Want to be Barney Fife. I don't want to be Barney Fife. <laughs> oh my god um I, anyways i i just finished weave world by clive barker yeah and first of all um beware <laughs> it's rated nc17 oh like so. maybe x oh oh you know i mean it's like all i'm talking things. about hardcore porn like Graphic descriptions of things going into orifices. Oh, and, oh, is know. this the book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Called Weave World, <clears throat> and um, I, I really like Clive Barker. Um, he's he wrote one of my favorite books of all time. It's called The Thief of Always, and if you've never read it, you should read it. It's sh- it's short. It's a um, like, it's like a dark fairy tale. It's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant like what he does it's about the holidays okay it's really neat neat it's very very you're gonna go when you when you read it you're gonna go like oh this is really cool what's it called the thief of always which is a beaut which is a really evocative title too like i remember um i read the book in college i came across it in a library nice and i just was like the thief of what a in like interesting <laughs> title pulled you in yeah i did and i was like i uh, i ended up reading it but anyways um th- that's great and uh and his uh he has a long like stephen king has the dark tower he has a long kind of fantasy epic called magica mm. it's very very good too you really get caught up in the characters and the world and you know it's thought-provoking and interesting and you're really you know, page turner and the whole thing this is just not on par with any of that it's just not you know and it's really like I, it's really scathing against Hollywood. Like, okay. really, like... So I kind of, like, on my review, I was like, I was wondering if he wrote this, like, right after maybe some movie deal he had. Because he's a screenwriter and <laughs> yeah. stuff, too, and director. Went bad, you know. Probably. You know, <laughs> so he was, like, pissed. Sort of has that... I mean, it's a very... It's, like, really on the nose. You, you can't miss it. Um, 
So let's talk about our news and notables. Alrighty, so I have Susie Moon. S-U-Z-I Moon. Uh, she's from Los Angeles, California. And she she's brings... Like moon unit? Not moon unit. <laughs> <laughs> no, not her. Uh, Susie Moon brings a compilation of experience to create fresh, fun, and amazing new punk rock music with her latest EP, Animal. Uh, she's extraordinarily talented. Uh, she's an extraordinarily talented musician, and her band uh, are hitting the road and bringing their not to miss show across the country. She's touring with the Dead Boys and the Briefs starting in October. The she, Dead Boy and the Who? The Briefs. The Briefs. Yes. She will be at Jurgles October nineteenth. I, I wonder will be what there. they wear on stage. Well, probably briefs, maybe bikinis, maybe naked. Who knows? Who I think cares? the Briefs and the Boxers should tour. <laughs> they should. Um, I'm definitely going to go see her at Jurgles on October nineteenth. Um, she's. She effortlessly channels classic 77 punk rock spirit with a modern twist, continues to evolve. (laughs) She is trying to bridge the gap between eras and not just play on a nostalgia act. Um, It is said that she will be the one to revolutionize punk in 2022. Um, Her influences are Courtney Love, the Donnas, the Stooges, the Cramps, and the New York Dolls. She is fantastic, and she's super cute. Super cute. Super cute. I think you will like her. <laughs> I will check out Susie Moon. Um, now, I, I feel like mine are like, I always feel like lilies are like hard and edgy and stuff. And I feel like <laughs> mine are kind of like little, like, not hard and edgy. Um, <laughs> you so, counter me. So I was, you know, over the weekend, one of the things I did do, um, in addition to drinking way too much, I, I think I drank way too much Friday night and just didn't realize it. Probably. You know how you do that? You're like, you, know, yes. you didn't think you had that many. But anyways, in addition to um, doing all that, I um, list, I got on the um, Frontiers um, music YouTube channel. And Jess was playing around with this, picking different bands at random, you know, saying, what's this? Oh, what's mm. this? You know, oh, that's an interesting name. Let's just try these guys, you know. And, um, there's there's a lot to me that I thought kind of sounded the same um, in a sort of like they were kind of doing 80s rock, a kind of unremarkable kind of the songs were, you know, well crafted, I guess I was they just weren't real set. And then some of them like were like then something would come on. And it would be like totally unique and really cool. And it would like really stand out. Mm-hmm. And this band <clears throat> that I came across now, we're going to circle back to what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the lead box, mm-hmm. okay, and about how these bands were like, sort of like cobbled together. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of interesting thing I discovered in my research of uh, <laughs> Frontiers Music Group's I'm ready. Uh, uh, YouTube channel. Anyways, so, that, so I, I, I landed on this band called Generation Radio. What a great fucking name for a band. It Generation is great. I like Radio, the name. Right? Um, so I started, I started so I put them on. The first thing that stood out was the drummer is the lead singer. Oh. And he's got an amazing fucking, like, amazing voice. Amazing fucking voice. And, um, um, the, the song is, like, it's cool. I can't remember the name of the song. Like, all, they're, all the songs are great. Uh, but I'm, like, really getting into the, like, I'm like, this is really well done. But, but I'm like, there's something about it. Something, there's something, like, there's something in the song that, that you're going, like, hmm. There's something that's familiar here, mm-hmm. but I can't put my finger on it. Like, there's, they're doing something. So, it was great, and I really liked them. So, I wanted to hear what else they got. So, I flipped over to another song, and this second song, the bass player sings. And his voice is insane. Like, 
fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And the drummer's singing harmony with him. <clears throat> it's fucking amazing. And it's like so good. And it's like, this it's, well, it's the kind of music. There's a lot of chord changes, but it was still rocking and stuff. Um, and I'm going like, there's some, what is, what does, what is going on here? <laughs> and then I realize what these guys are doing. What are they doing? They are playing. They are like playing what, they're playing new country. Hear me out. Honestly, they just took out the fiddle, the pedal steel, and, um, you know, that stuff. They just, okay. they just, they just okay. eliminated that okay. stuff. Okay. And they don't sing with Southern accents. Okay. <laughs> like not a, actually a lot of the new country doesn't sing with Southern right, accents. Right, that's true. Yeah. But they just eliminate, they just quit. The, in other words, what they do is they drop the pretenses of being country and played what they really are, which is rock. And it really made you hear, then it made me think about bands like Rascal Flats, like completely different. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, like, that really, and it's, you know, it's like, ah, like suspicions confirmed. Yeah. That really is rock. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't crazy. And, <laughs> um, but it's really cool. Like if you like your uh, rock, you know, with like a lot of cool chord changes and modulations and stuff, but still really hooky and like, and, but still like great guitar play, like awesome musicianship. They don't sound like Toto, but they're kind of, because they're, they got the kind of musicianship thing going mm-hmm. on. They kind of, they kind of give you that kind of vibe. Like okay. the guitar players are really hot. Like they can really, souls are just fucking sweet. Like it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Very well produced. So it's not like edgy and in your face like Susie Moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like more, more smoothed out. <laughs> But it's um, very cool. I mean, maybe it's c- contemporary Yacht Rock. Okay. Maybe I... it's like the new, you know what I mean? Like if ro- Yacht Rock was being made today, maybe it would sound like, sound like this. it's really good. You should check them out. They're called Generation Radio and Susie Moon. Check them out. Now we must talk about what the, the Beatles, Beatles did. did today. What the Beatles did today. Did they do something though? I swear if they don't do something one day, I'll be excited. Mm-mm. I see it already. The, I know. I was hoping I wouldn't see a thing about the Beatles. But unfortunately, it's the second fucking thing. Yeah. But first, Alma Cogan was at number one on the UK singles charts this day in 1955 with Dreamboat. Cogan went on to score over 20 UK top 40 singles, nicknamed the girl with the laugh in her voice. She was the highest paid British female entertainer of her era. Oh. I never fucking heard of her. Yeah, neither have I. Um, the key is to slow down. I want to go fast, too. I can't help it. But, but when I you talk. slow down, like, <laughs> then you can breathe. And you notice when I slow down, I don't make nearly the many fuck-ups. Like, I'm are, you saying, fuck. are you saying? You don't I'm either. You don't. You, actually, you're way better. I don't than, usually. You're, you're better at talking <laughs> fast than I am. But it's still fast. Oh, yeah, people, I know. No, no, no. Listen, I can't help it. No, some people that I respect, like, who love the podcast have said, like, it's like a race to get to the end of the sentence. <laughs> no. I can't help talking that fast. <laughs> you know? And, like, she's like, you guys are great, but, like, you know. And I and I catch myself doing it, you know. So, like, you know, it's just something to think about. Because <laughs> I know I'm terrible. I'm going to read I'm really, really making, slow. You know, I'm I'm making an effort. 1964, like, the Beatles. The Beatles appeared live on the ABC television program Lucky Stars, Summer Spin, performing A Hard Day's Night, Long Tall Sally, Things We Said Today, and You Can't Do That. To avoid the crowd of fans waiting for them, the Beatles arrived at the 
Teddington Studio Center by boat traveling down the River Thames. Is that how you say that? Yeah, that's it. That's what a cool thing. And, you know, all these songs have, like, with the exception of maybe things we said today, they all have sexual innuendos. Oh, no doubt. A hard day's night. Long, (laughs) tall, long, and tall. Got that. You can't do that. But you can. But you can. (laughs) Oh, but we do it anyway because it feels good. Ah! 1969, David Bowie. Bowie. I'm all Carrie. Ah, oh, brother. I'm a man. I miss you. I wish uh, we need to get together and hang out on the internet again. Um, but he would say David Bowie. Oh, who's British? He's British. Yeah, He's David Bowie. Carrie, that would hurt my Carrie brain. J.K. Though. Space Oddity by David Bowie was released in the UK for the first time. It was time to coincide with the Apollo moon landing, but had to be re-released before it became a hit later in the year in the UK, but not until 73 in the US. Bowie would uh, later revisit his major Tom character in the songs Ashes to Ashes, Halo, Space Boy, and possibly music video for Black Star. That was really slow. It hurt my brain. <laughs> it's... um. Yeah, there's a uh, he he brought he had this big hit and then he kind of floundered for a bit mm-hmm. and then he met Mick Ronson and the rest, as they say, is history. 1970, Bob Dylan self portrait gave Bob Dylan his fifth UK number one album, released by Columbia Records. His tenth studio album was Dylan's second double album and featured mostly cover versions of well-known pop and folk songs. Mm. Blah. I know you're not a Dylan fan, but what's interesting, Lily, is an artist like Bob Dylan could have a number one album. Yes, and I get it. I mean, like, (laughs) that's saying the difference of people. Like, there were a lot of people out at that time who, like, they just liked the poetry of the music. Right. You know what I mean? And they were just into it. So, like, that's not something that would fly today at all. I love all of his lyrics. I just don't want him to sing them. I understand what you're saying. I got you. (laughs) I, I want someone I else to sing his song. It's just really interesting. Um, <laughs> 1970, this day, Three Dog Nights started a two-week run at number one in the in the U.S. with their version of the Randy Newman song, Mama Told Me Not to Come. <laughs> Sorry. You'll fed come. <laughs> I just watched the Beavis and Butthead movie. I know. I saw the clip with um, with the um, uh, white, uh, white privilege. Yeah. I like peed my pants. I can't. It's wait funny. To see the it's funny. I look, it's funny. Yeah, I You'll know, enjoy it. Oh, it's hilarious. It'll take you back to 1998. <laughs> um, Three Dog Nights uh, started a two-week run at number one in the U.S. Uh, with their version of the Randy Newman song "Mama Told Me Not to Come," which is also a number three hit in the U.K. The song was first covered by Eric Burden on his first solo album in 1966 and gave Tom Jones and the Stereophonics the number four hit on the UK singles charts in 2000. Um, this is probably, though, the definitive version, the Three Dog Night okay. version. You yeah. know the song, Yeah, right? yeah. It, was, it had a big revival in that movie, Boogie Nights. Yes, yes, which I haven't watched in a long time. Bruce Springsteen, 71. The Bruce Springsteen band opened for Humble Pie at the Sunshine in Asbury Park in New Jersey. After the show, an impressed Peter Frampton from Humble Pie tells Springsteen and the band that he'd like to have them open for them on a national basis. Frampton also said he would be happy to get the band an audition with his record label, A&M Records. Uh, For no logical reason, Springsteen's manager, Tinker West, declined both offers on the spot. Well, there's that. We're not having anything to do with you guys. (laughs) Dumbass. 
<laughs> That's fucking hilarious. That was like probably the best one all day. <laughs> On the same 75, Fleetwood Mac released their 10th studio album, often referred to as the White Album. The first Fleetwood Mac album to feature Lindsey Buckingham as guitarist and Stevie Nicks as vocalist. The album reached number one on the Billboard chart over a year after entering the chart. Spent 30s. So this is interesting, too. Mm-hmm. This record comes out and it takes a year, but it goes to number one. Legit. It's like really fucking crazy. Then it spends number 37 weeks within the top 10 and more than 15 months within the top 40. It was the second biggest album of 1976. Behind Frampton Comes Alive. Do you know any songs off of this album, Lily? No. I think that there is one that made the, that we would know. That I remember looking at the album. It's like, but it's the record they did before their breakout. Okay. Uh, you know, record. Um, Susie. 1977. Tonight saw the opening night of a new punk venue, the Vortex Club on Wardour Street. London with Susie. I mean, Adam and the Ants. And the slits and Sham sixty nine. I don't slits. even know who Sham sixty nine is. So there's. I like one. the name though. Yeah. <laughs> the specials had their second fi- final UK number one single with Ghost Town. That's great. Here's why I want to talk about this one. This is right up your alley. 1982, Phil Collin, a former guitarist with the glam rock band Girl, replaced Pete Willis in Def Leppard, who was fired due to excessive alcohol consumption on the job because rock stars never drink. Never heard of that. Or do drugs. I'm actually going to see them in August, so yay. Hart started a three-week run at the number one U.S. singles charts this day in 1987 with Alone. It made it I to like number three song. in the U.K. Big hit, big I hit. I like that song so much, and so many people hate it. Well, Makes me sad. here's the thing. Um, you know, Hart was one of these bands that, like, reinvented themselves for the 80s. Yes. Yeah. They were a big band. They were like a big kind of like album-oriented rock band in the '70s, which was cool. And then in the '80s, they became like an M- they became like an MTV yeah. band. So good for them. They evolved. <laughs> 1992, Jerry Garcia, a range of eight ties, designed by Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead, <laughs> went on sale in the U.S. President Bill Clinton bought a set. Blah blah blah. The collection grossed millions in the U.S. by the end of the year. I'm sure my sister would have bought one had she been around. Um, uh, keyboard player from. Uh, <laughs> Smashing Bumpkins died this day. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I don't even know who that is. Oh, you know, this guy. <laughs> Do you want to read that one? Yeah. 1999, Ricky Martin started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Livin' La Vida Loca, a U.S. number one for five weeks. The song was uh, the first number one song to be recorded, edited, and mixed totally on a digital audio workstation. I, um... Uh, this song was a uh, was like was a guilty pleasure. You like that I song? I fucking love this song. <laughs> you this, danced to it, didn't you? I think, yeah, oh, yeah, and I think it has a great guitar solo <clears throat> too. It's really cool. Um, now I remember this song. It was like it was big. I knew every fucking words. I knew every fucking words. I know words. <laughs> I know all Lily, the words. I learned my words. Good job. Um, this, uh, <clears throat> a digital audio workstation. You know what that is? Nope. That's what this is. Oh, this is all this. <laughs> this is it. Magic. Yeah, it's magic. magic. We're not talking about that. The funeral of the Who's bass player John Entwistle took place at a church on in uh, Cotswold. What's this? The Co- oh, the Cotswold. Uh, more than uh, two hundred mourners filed into the twelfth century church, Saint Edward in Stowe on the world. Um, Stowe. Uh, 2000, this was day in 2002. I mean, they hadn't, 
fucking like he hadn't been his body wasn't cold they had Pino Palladino on stage playing with him I was like like two nights two nights later it's crazy 2004 the darkness replaced David Bowie as this year's tea in the park while Scottish Festival following his heart operation, other acts appearing uh, included Muse, Franz Ferdinand, Faithless, Scissor Sisters. <laughs> Sorry. And Black Eyed Peas and Pink. <laughs> I know who they are. It's I just, like Scissors. My that's brain a, that's is That's a funny name. I never put it together either. Yeah. I get it now. The Scissor Sisters. <laughs> my brain's just <laughs> not functioning. <laughs> I saw them perform on Regis. Okay. <clears throat> I thought they were good. Um... The Darkness. Oh, Justin Hawkins. So there's a YouTube channel that keeps popping up um, called Justin Hawkins Rides Again. Mm -hmm. And like, this guy is like like millions of views. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like this British guy sitting with no shirt on. Okay. Like, you know, wearing, always wearing crazy glasses and just like commenting on shit. I'm like, dude, who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's a singer from The Darkness. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> That's why he's always goddamn fan. He's right. He engages he's with the people. He's actually the, famous. <laughs> yeah, he engages with the people in the comments and stuff too. Nice. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. He just kind of like talks about like like what's going on in music and stuff like that. He's a big rocker, you know. He's he talks about you know like classic rock bands and stuff like that. Um, oh, this song was this was another song that was inescapable. I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh yeah. Tonight's gonna be a good night. You can read that one since you love it That's so all. much. That's all. That's all. Okay. Fourteen week run <laughs> to stay in two thousand nine. Um, there's a there's an episode of um, Family Guy that ends with Peter saying this, that he's saying he's saying all kind of stuff. He goes, "Oh yeah, and here's a song your girlfriend probably likes." And they played this song. It's weird, very bizarre. <laughs> Pearl Jam released their tenth studio album, Lightning Bolt. Producer and drummer Tommy Ramone, financial punk rock band. He died. Ramones dies. That sucks. 2014. Toymakers Mattel announced a new collectible David Bowie doll this day in 2018. I know. I wanted it. <laughs> the question is, Lily, is the David Bowie doll anatomically correct? Um, I doubt it. I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> anatomically correct. I don't know who that who that is. I don't know who Tab Hunter is. Sis Tab Hunter, happy birthday, stay in nineteen forty one. Peter Pie. <laughs> I cannot even take that seriously. British guitarist Peter Pie from the beat pop group The Honeycombs. Good for him. Scored the Joe Meek produced sixty four number one UK classic, Have I the Right from nineteen forty six. Wow, that's way back, dude. Oh, no, no, no. That's why it was 64 was the song. He was born in 1940, so I got you. John Holt, a uh, reggae singer, this day in 1947, um, wrote The Tide is High. That's a good song. She became a hit for our our girl, Blondie. 1949, Jeff Hanna from American country rock band Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, who scored the 1971 U.S. number nine single, Mr. Bojangles. That's great. One day I have Happy to cancel birthday. that song soon. Um <laughs> Bonnie Pointer, she was a Pointer sister. Yup. Happy birthday. This day in 1951. Benny DeFranco, 1954, from family pop group The DeFranco Family, who scored the 1973 U.S. number three single hit Heartbeat. It is a love beat. I don't like this. I don't like it. It's a love beat. I don't even like that at all. <laughs> Based on the Osmonds, the group featured 10-year-old Tony DeFranco. 
Oh, they were one of those like you know those those groups, like an Osmonds ripoff that got like yeah. a, like a little bit of a hit. <clears throat> That's pretty bad. We have to rip off the Osmonds. F- get your shit together. <laughs> the guy from Bauhaus, Peter Murphy. Happy birthday, it's day nineteen fifty-seven. I don't know how to say that. Keith Wallum, American jazz saxophonist. Good thing you read that because I messed Whitney that up. Whitney Houston, born this day in 1958. <laughs> you know this guy. Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi. It's his birthday, 1959. Richie, yo, Richie, yo, Richie, Richie. I know the next one too, actually. Suzanne Vega, mm-hmm. singer-songwriter. Uh, she did Tom's Diner. Great song. And then she's do Luca. I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, my name is Luca. Is that hers? I live on the side. Is that Susan? It sounds like her. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think if we're wrong, who cares? <laughs> I think everybody's given up Mel on Mel Appleby died from cancer. Oh. But had a number one single, Respectable. That's nice. <laughs> Mel and Kim. <laughs> Remember when you could have a band with a name like that? <laughs> it's John and Judy's latest top 40 single. I don't even know who these people are. I know. Uh, what's wrong with it? Lil, you know Lil, Lil Kim. I know who that is. Who's Lil Kim? Tell us about Lil Kim. I mean, I don't know much about her. I know she's a rapper. But it's her birthday today. It Happy is her birthday, birthday today. Um, UK number one single, number 11 single, not tonight. Oh, you don't have to read all that bullshit. Oh, she that. did the Lady Marmalade song. With all the other Lil Kim. Lil Kim. Ladies. Lil Kim. Her name, Lil Kim. Does anybody want us to say anything? Let's they all leave. See. They did not leave. <laughs> uh, you said everybody gave up on us. I just feel like they did. Uh, Michael Goltz is going to the stadium tour. I don't know. Okay. Uh, he also has a... He used to have a rude name for the New Kids on the Block. I don't know what that means. New Kids on My Cock. Uh, Michael Goltz, Poisoned was a fun tribute album by Poison. Yes. Uh, Poison did a whole album of songs. That, I can't even remember all of them. I know they did Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake, which I much prefer than the original. Um... Let me see. Lou, you have slandered. You already told, I already told you that one. Lou, by the way, the Rogers Waters concert on Wednesday night was freaking amazing. He was 15 feet from the stage. Um, we did the question already. My mom's watching. Hi, mom. Tracy Sampson. Hi, mom. Bill Damiano. Hi, mom. <laughs> She's probably like, oh, my God. Bill Damiano. Hola, everyone just got done interviewing Black Ridge. Awesome band for the sh- uh, one show and Murder for Girls for the other. Uh, Bill Thomas loved me some big head Todd. Bill Damiano. So my current favorite cover is Disturbed's version of Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence. Yes, that is a good cover. Um, Bill Thomas said Kevin has hepatitis. And he does not. Bill Damiano, Chip and the Charge Ups covers uh, the Titus High. Yes, I do know that. I've heard, <clears throat> I've heard that cover. You know, you know. Let me tell you one of my favorite covers. Go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> Gene the Werewolf's cover of Thriller. Yes, I do love that. That kicks mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. ass. Mm-hmm. 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 Very few more people should know about that. <laughs> that like in a in in the in the right if the world was the way it should be, that song should have got like a little little something. Little something. It should have got a little something. I mean, they they do it so fucking good. <laughs> oh crap. This is where you hear like when you hear people do something like that. What's also fun is when you when you hear people do so like that, you hear um 
like you do hear like with the Duran Duran thing, for mm-hmm. example, like you kind of hear them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I've always find that like really interesting then. And then sometimes like with the Hootie and the Blowfish thing, you realize that song. Well, yeah, it is kind of, a, it really is a country song. Yes. I you know? know, so it's like, that's, that's kind of <laughs> cool too. It works. I just don't like it. And it's okay. You don't have to like it. I won't. I won't and I will not. Ooh, that's a great one. Wait, who is that? I know. Uh, it's Damiano. <laughs> but, um, no, no, there's, uh, so, so that's really, that's one of the things I find like really interesting about hearing <clears throat> people cover things. And you talk about the Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Pantera does, uh, what's this, um, what's the one that they do on there? Oh, it's really good. Planet I, Caravan. I, I, yeah, I'd have to pull it up to get all the but I do Caravan. have that. <laughs> um, but they're um, uh, that, that's that's a cool one. And then Stone Free was a record that came out around the same time, and there was a lot of big radio songs that got played on that. Um, Clapton, I think, does the song Stone Free on that. Jared Grease actually says that's his favorite tribute. Is it? Yeah, <clears throat> that's good. There's there's some there's some very cool um, bands on. Maybe we'll talk do another tribute album. This was kind uh, of some fun. fun. It was just better than I thought. I thought it was gonna suck. <laughs> well, one of the things I, I I couldn't find on this record, like, I, I wanted to know like the story behind how it all yeah, got they, going. There was very little information. So obviously, the only thing I can deduce from it was what I said: Atlantic Records, Led Zeppelin signed Atlantic we're doing Records. This. Somebody saw an opportunity to make some money, <laughs> yeah. you know. And they told these kids to go in the studio. Here's a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, they're not going to make anything on the sale of the album, but they got some notoriety. And I think bands like, especially band like Never the Bride, probably really benefited from oh, it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, they probably really benefited from it. You know, Big Head Todd as well, and Mana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Those like lesser known things. So, all right, guys, uh, go to wolfscustoms.online, get yourself a custom artwork done on your musical instrument. Go to rockbridgeradio.com, download the free app. Free! And go to LouLombardiMusic.com or LoudiniRockAndRollCircus.com and check out what we got there. There's all kind of cool things that you can get involved with as well. Um, so Lily V6, speaking of Rock Rage Radio. I have my own show on Thursdays called Hot Licks with Lily 6, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the free app or you can go to RockRageRadio.com. I uh, play a lot of uh, unsigned bands and uh, indie bands and uh, just like a little skosh of some mainstream bands. Also, I will have Attack of the Rising on this week for an interview. So Attack of the Rising. They're a good band. Metal band. <clears throat> Metal band. So check it out. This is going to be fun. Next week's podcast, we are going to, speaking of unsigned, we are going to be talking about 10 YouTubers that should be rock stars or that like maybe you put, put this guy back in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. He would have been like big, the 1980s or 90s or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, in some way, shape, or form, either should be or could be uh, rock, rock stars. stars. Because uh, that's kind of where it's all kind of happening is, is on, on YouTube and TikTok and places like that. People just kind of, you know, it's really interesting. So we're going to talk about that next week. So I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Lou Dini, Lou Lombardi. We'll catch you all in the next Lou Dini Rock and Roll Circus, guys. Have a great one. Mm-hmm.